Welcome, folks. This is the third episode of Non-Binaries. It's me, Lucy. And Max. Um, so we took another week off because election, and to be perfectly honest, I think nobody wanted more of that last week. Yeah, no. We got enough of that already. Yeah. Um, finally, the, it, it took so many days to call it. It started to drive me up the wall. I don't know about you. Yeah, it was just too insane. Yeah. Um, so I'm very glad for us to be done now. Me too. It's about damn time, honestly. Yeah. So again, we're going to have kind of just like a news roundup sort of thing. Um, I'm planning some stuff for the future. Uh, like one thing I really want to do some interviews of other people for is to like kind of figure out how they use the computer because everyone does it differently. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, see, like for me, like I have a very regimented like thing that I do on the computer every morning. And I imagine for a lot of people, it's completely different. Uh, but enough about that. Um, so the first thing we have on here is about uh, Proposition 22. Uh, so first off, I'm sorry. I know you were really uh, hoping that didn't pass. Uh, yeah, and I certainly wasn't the only one. Yeah. Sure um, so yeah. if you aren't in the loop, uh, Proposition 22 was a thing backed by Uber, Lyft, um, DoorDash, pretty much all those app-based um, gig economy companies where they wanted to get around a California law that was uh, put into action earlier this year where they would have had to classify their employees as actual employees instead of contractors. Um, Unfortunately, they were able to pretty much buy their way out of that law through this proposition. Total bullshit. Yeah. So, uh, Max, um, I think last time I asked you if you knew how much they uh, spent on it. Do you remember? It was somewhere in like the $200 million? Um. Okay, so like I thought I had it in this <laughs> article. Um <laughs> But yeah, they spent millions of dollars fighting this. Um, and, and the thing is, is that I think this speaks to a fundamental um, lack of Democrats to kind of stand up for workers. Yeah. Um, because they spent no effort in trying to fight this at all. Yeah, no. I didn't hear anything about anyone trying to fight it. Well, the only people who fought it were unions. And like, yeah. they don't have that much money. No, yeah. And, like, I can't remember what podcast I heard this on, but, like, someone got an email from one of these gig economy apps. It's like, we're fighting against big money unions. Which you, (laughs) what, whom? (laughs) It's total bullshit. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, the thing is, is, like, you have people in fucking Florida voting for a $15 minimum wage, but Democrats can't be bothered to, like, defend labor, ever. Ugh. It just I'm, I'm a little mad no yeah it's reasonable it's bullshit honestly and like in uh, the article they were like all these ceos of these gig economy things were just spewing a ton of bullshit yeah and i mean the thing is is that they're going to try to export this uh labor law to the rest of the fucking country too because it's to their advantage that's the scary part like the really scary part yeah and like the thing is is Today, it might just be these ones where you drive around in your car, 
But next, it could be your typical retail jobs. It could be um, jobs like mine where I kind of work in like a quasi healthcare position. Yeah. This could be anybody's job that gets techified next into this. Mm-hmm. And now we need to start like putting a stop to this shit. Oh, and uh, guess how difficult it is to repeal this new law in California? Uh, I imagine pretty difficult. You would have to have a seven-eighths majority in the California legislature to repeal this law. My God. That's what they encoded into this. Of course. Sounds about right. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. And the Democrats didn't put up any of their own money to fight against this. They didn't send out any flyers because they're effectively the party of Silicon Valley. Yeah. Like you had fucking Obama go to Netflix and Spotify to cozy up with them for podcasts and TV shows. You know, yeah, I'm always seeing what, what's her name? Michelle Obama's podcast recommended me. Yeah. So, um, as we all know, Joe Biden has been has won the election. I don't anticipate that things are going to get much better under him. No, absolutely not. So, uh, oh, go ahead. uh, (laughs) The way I see it is with under Trump, we have um, active fascism. But under Biden, he's just going to ignore the problem. He's not going to do anything. Well, it's like um, you either go continued with uh, accelerating fascism or you go back to the people and the party that enabled it to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think in four years, we're probably just going to be in the same place. Yeah, most likely. Um, so that, that's, that's Prop 22 in a nutshell. It, it just is absolute garbage. Yeah, totally. Just, I mean, not surprising, but absolute bullshit. And I mean, I think we can, I think it goes without saying we here on this podcast are like pro-labor, pro-union. This is garbage. And like, Max, I don't know about you, but I have been a part of union in two of my jobs previously. And I always felt more safe in my occupation, even if they were so weak that they couldn't give me better wages. Right. I mean, in my personal, I've only had a single job in my life. So I'm probably an outlier in a lot of this stuff. I'm not part of a union. I'm, I, I, that's the thing. I don't have any rep- representation of my job. Like, mm. nothing. I'm very much, they could get rid of me at any moment. And you would love to have a union, wouldn't you? It'd be better, yeah. So, the, the, the further weakening of labor is really discouraging. Yeah, it's scary. Um, perhaps we should move on to the next thing, though. Sure, yeah. Uh, Fucking the UK wants army robots. (laughs) So, um, I'm just going to say this seems bad. Yeah, it definitely seems like a good way to have a lot of people killed. Yeah, so here's the um, whole headline here is, um, and this is from Engadget, one of my favorite websites. UK General says that a quarter of the army could be robots by the 2030s. So, for one thing, a quarter of the army seems like a very, very large amount to make into robots. Yeah. Especially with a decade. Yeah. Um, Though, what's interesting here is that it's not even clear what is meant by robot here or um, what exactly what roles they would fill. Yeah. 
I noticed that they were saying like it could be uh, like like delivery truck shit. Nothing with armed, but also armed. There was no clear distinction of what kind of fucking robots. I mean, this this seems like a weird thing to hype too. Like, I don't imagine anyone's going to look at this and think this is a good idea. Even people who really like militarism. Yeah, no. Mm. You know, I feel like there's probably some weirdos out there that are really into this idea. And okay, I, I know the one weirdo who's into this, and it's Nick Land. <laughs> um, and Max, you're pretty you're you're relatively young. You probably don't know who Nick Land is, do you? No. Okay, so Nick Land is this guy. Okay, so found a new type of guy. <laughs> uh, but no, he's been around for ages. Um, he's this, like, British... Um, he used to be, like, an academic sort of person, but now he just kind of shit posts on the internet. Great, great. And he... Um, he started, like, the new reactionary movement, like the Dark Enlightenment sort of thing. Um, pretty much he wants the world to, like collapse and then like be taken over by gigantic tech corporations like unironically is his deal that sounds awful i i'm I'm being kind of reductive but he's a fucking weirdo no yeah that that is weird um (laughs) you you could definitely look more into it but like the people who are into nick land and the accelerationists are just like a really odd and extremely concerning bunch yeah you know yeah we and that, that's the guy who this um, development is for. Yeah. Um, though I imagine the UK leaving the EU and no longer being under the jurisdiction of the European Court of Justice allows them to more further uh, auto- automatize their fucking uh, military, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if they're not, if they're not put under the EU's laws, they can do probably a lot more as you're saying yeah so flying killer robots are gonna come kill us in 10 years um they're they're already doing that in the middle east so that's not um a far shot (laughs) (laughs) you already got the drones yeah Um, i imagine it's gonna be a lot of that yeah probably um but why don't we move on to the next thing yeah so uh spotify is doing more acquisitions in the podcast market and I was reading this last night. They're doing, um, they have like some new ad tech in air quotes. Mm-hmm. They're going to like, what, what do they say? They're going to make it available to third party podcast publishers. And it's, I don't know. Do so for me, the acquisitions that Spotify is doing in the podcast space are genuinely concerning to me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Spotify isn't really, like, known for being really consumer-friendly or creator-friendly. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, is the whole point of podcasts is that, like, they're based on RSS, and you can get them on whatever app you want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm concerned that Spotify is going to be doing more fragmentation of the space, because they already have, like, I think Joe Rogan's exclusive to them now, right? Something like that, yeah. Um. So I'm concerned that we're going to see more exclusivity in podcasts, which is just kind of contrary to what the whole spirit of podcasting is. Yeah, right. It's, yeah. I mean, that being said, the thing that we use to distribute and record this podcast is Anchor, which is owned by Spotify. Um, Hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. 
Um, so they're, they're starting to control a lot of the tools that people use to make podcasts. And I think that is also cause for concern. Yeah. The more control they have, the more, like you're saying, more fragmented this entire, like, I guess, community is going to become. Yeah. Big runners like Joe Rogan on specific platforms. Which I mean, like Joe Rogan, I personally don't care about, but like, for example, they bought the podcast studio that runs um, Reply All, which is like my one of my favorite podcasts. Oh shit! And if they were to be exclusive to Spotify, I would be rather cross. Yeah, understandably so. Um, though honestly, what I think is going to happen is if um, a lot of these podcasts start to go exclusive to certain platforms, a lot of people are just going to open up pirate RSS feeds to make it easier for other people to listen. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think that'd be cool. It sucks, but like that'd be a cool thing. Um, so this next one, um, also from Engadget, I pulled a lot from them this week, but they're like my favorite tech website. Have been since like 2008. Yeah. Um, so Slingbox is shutting down their servers and it's going to brick every single device in two years. <laughs> so um, when I was reading these last night, I was like, what the fuck is a Slingbox? <laughs> I was like um, five years old when these things came out. Oh, wow. So I, I had no idea what these things were. So Slingbox was one of the first contenders in like the new era of like set top boxes for your tv yeah it's cool but it sounds it sounds like it was ahead of its time um i wouldn't say that it was ahead of its time it was definitely the first in the space and it it dominated alongside uh boxy which is also dead mm. um but i guess um competitors in the space like uh roku for example uh were able to outpace them yeah, right. Okay, maybe not ahead of its time, but definitely like an early adopter of that, uh, the idea. Um, well, it's, it's also Sling has a TV service called Sling TV, and it seems like they're focusing primarily on that now. Like, they don't care about your other streaming stuff. They only care about the TV service they provide. Oh, so is that the same people? Yeah, same people. Oh, okay. So they kind of pivoted. That makes sense then, yeah. Um, so, um, I mean, it sucks that this is happening to these old devices, but they're also very old. So, on the one hand, I get that they're old devices and everything, but also I hate that so many of these components are being made to where they're tied to a service and that can just be gone any minute yeah. and you have no recourse and you can't even really use the hardware for anything else. It's very wasteful, too. It is, yeah. I mean, I think if you're going to have something like this, you should at least let, make it so you can, like, people in the third party can set up services that allow it to be useful still. Yeah, because that's that's what happened with Pebble. The Pebble watches. Like, people have third party services where they're keeping that alive. Oh. Fuck, I didn't even realize. That's cool. Yeah, it is really good. Um, I'm, I, I love that the Pebble community managed to keep their stuff alive. And I mean, I think that every... Um, piece of hardware that's dependent on these third-party services should have that opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we have people running, like, Wii services still. Yeah, hell yeah. That shit's cool, because there's... 
like yeah you can emulate it on your computer you could have nintendo port your games to switch but there's something special about using the original hardware yeah and not being able to do so because some companies like oh we're shutting down our servers that just sucks yeah and i mean the thing is is like i hate the idea of buying a device that like is just going to be completely useless i mean i know computers get old and everything and eventually they're going to be useless but like like I still have a, com- a laptop from 2000, a Chromebook from 2011 that I'm still using, like every day. Yeah, it, that's how much I hate getting rid of electronics. It's understandable. It's fucking wasteful. And I mean, we there's only so many resources on this planet, especially when it comes to like electronics. We cannot keep throwing away shit forever. Yeah, honestly, like I haven't really talked about it to anybody, but that's a very um, concerning thing to me. Like, what the fuck are we gonna do when we run out of, run out of these resources? Um, I'm going to say it's probably not going to be good. Yeah, yeah, that's my immediate thought, too. <laughs> so, um, I hate that this happened, like, you know, things come and go, but also, like, please don't make my shit useless. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that could be another thing that we could do for another episode, is talk about sustainability and electronics, what the future of that looks like. Hell yeah, that'd be cool. I think you and I could have a really good, thoughtful discussion about that. Definitely, yeah um so let's see what's next okay so this one's um fun you want to introduce this one (laughs) okay so yeah there um google came out or not even just google a bunch of the big tech companies came out and said there's a bunch of um uh day zero or zero day bugs like really massive ones in a bunch of different software and it targets things like chrome android windows and ios and they're not telling us what the fuck it is so for those in the audience who don't know, a zero day is a flaw in computer code or hardware um, that people don't know about. Um, that's the zero day because like, you know, day one is when it's out in the wild and everyone knows about it. Mm-hmm. Um, zero days are very useful because um, naturally people don't know how to defend against them. Um People will sh- sell zero days for large sums on the dark web because they're so valuable. Um, I think previously, like certain um, federal agencies have paid large money for zero days. Um, I think the NSA in particular. Naturally. <laughs> so this is this is a big deal, and for um, Google has a team that works specifically on identifying zero days and getting them patched before disclosing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the same team here. Um, so, according to the disclosure reports, some bugs were in font libraries, which is really interesting to me. Yeah, I was going to bring that up too. Like, I've never, I haven't done any like deep dives into how font libraries work, but the fact that you can exploit systems like this is incredibly interesting. Just using like your fucking Comic Sans TTF. So this is actually not the first time that um, fonts and how they're like rendered and everything has been exploited. Um, perhaps you remember a couple of times where iPhones and Androids had certain bugs where you were able to manipulate the system. Ah, uh, yeah, I think I know you're talking about. So like there was one that was going around on WhatsApp a couple of years ago where it's like press this button, and it had um, some interesting Unicode tricks that would crash the phone. Yeah, yeah. And there was also like the effective power trick for iPhones where it manipulated how um, Arabic 
was like handled in Unicode to uh, shut people's iPhones off. <laughs> yeah. Just funny shit like that. So I wonder if it's not something like that. Um, and the thing is, is, this is such a deeply entrenched thing that it's, if you have like an older phone, this isn't going to get patched out and this is just going to be like a vulnerability you have to live with forever. Yeah, I noticed on that, I think it was uh, Apple's doing like some really, they're doing some patches for some really old uh, iOS versions, like I think 12. Yeah, um, so they sent out patches for iOS 12, you're right, um, which is a two-year-old operating system, mind you. That's... So the 5S and iPhone 6, which they don't sell anymore and they don't support anymore, this was big enough for them to go back and patch those. Which is very um, interesting because it's Apple who seemingly moves really quickly with this shit. Well, I mean, Apple's actually been historically very good about keeping older devices up to date, especially when compared with Android manufacturers. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, actually. Whereas, like, if you have some random Android phone, or even if you have, like, an old flagship phone, so, like, I had the Samsung S7 Edge as, like, a hand-me-down, and it just quit getting updates after two years. Yeah. That's what's happened to my phone currently. It's just... uh, what do you have currently? I have a S Galaxy S7, just regular one okay so like um they've only just they're only like four versions ahead of it but like you're never gonna update again which is ridiculous to me yeah it is ridiculous and that's also part of why i switched to uh, an iphone recently is because apple i feel like they take their security a lot more seriously yeah i guess i should um, like refute my statement there apple is that's what i meant is um apple's pretty fast moving with like updates but they are they are good about back back supporting older iOS versions. Yeah. My um before my current phone, I had like a old ass iPhone 4S, and I was still getting updates on it like years after they'd moved on to newer, greater things. Mm hmm. Um, to the credit of some Android handset manufacturers. A lot of them have recently said that they'll now push out updates for at least three years on their handsets. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to wait and see if that ends up holding true or not. Let's hope. And for the budget manufacturers, they're probably still not going to bother updating their handsets. Yeah, I know. It's certainly the case for a lot of budget Android phone manufacturers that you will get the software that releases with the phone and never receive an update. That just sucks. Like, I guess unless you fucking jailbreak it yourself or something well even then even if you do jailbreak it only modern flagship phones usually get um uh custom uh updates oh shit okay so you're basically just fucked then exactly cool like the s7 nobody does custom android roms for it anymore hooray um and the thing is google exerts so much control over android handset manufacturers even though uh, technically kind of anyone can use Android. Mm -hmm. um, so like, for example, um, you have to include Google Play services in order to um, like use the Android name or something like that, something to that effect. But like pretty much every handset manufacturer like has to include Google Play services on their phones and has to include a bunch of other stuff. That's so feasibly Google could make manufacturers push out updates or relinquish control of updates 
but um, it does not ex- exercise that um, power. Yeah, I don't. I I think Google is the last of all those big companies I would trust to do something like that. Yeah. Um, should we move on to the next one? Sure. Yeah. Okay, so this is for all you anime and piracy lovers out there. I got another another one from F- Torrent Frank this week. MPA lawyers are trying to shut down pirate anime giant Nya.se. SI. It used to be SE. Um, so, Max, I know you like anime. Have you ever heard of this website? Nope. Um, I would say that aside from like private trackers, this is like the anime torrent website. Just to give you an idea of how big it is. Yeah. I was looking on the article. I think there's some metrics. It's like massive. Yeah. Um, so Nya is pretty much the place that anime pirates go to to get their stuff. Um, because your, your new releases are always going to be there for anything. Um, it's not just anime. There's also like some manga, some light novels, but it's primarily anime. Right. So the Motion Picture Association of America is sending out targeted emails to the people who operate this website. Supposedly operated, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is... Like, how you, you already took it down once before. Do you really think you're going to get away with it again? Like, they're just going to come back. Yeah, they're just going to come up again. It, which, more fucking power to them, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole um, anime industry is kind of just awful in this country, I'm going to be perfectly honest. How so? Um, Well, it's controlled by just, like, a handful of companies. And so you have, like, Crunchyroll barely paying the people who subtitled the anime anything at all. That's shit. Like, they have historically very low rates i i think i've heard some people say that they get like under a hundred dollars to sub an episode of anime my god the fuck that's awful yeah which i don't know how like so a lot of the times uh websites like crunchyroll and people who are fans of them will say you're hurting the industry by not subscribing to these services but like what about all the people who work for them for fucking low wages in an industry that has tons of money to throw around. Yeah. I'm, uh, I think most often when that argument is thrown around, they just don't even acknowledge those people. I never see it personally. It sucks. Cause you know, honestly, fuck these giant anime overlords. I rather support like fan subbers because you know, they're not million dollar or billion dollar companies. Yeah. And like this piracy is what enabled anime and manga to become big in the Western world to begin with. Yeah. Because it was the fans who were providing the content and translating it. Yeah. And I feel like it's a big slap in the face anytime that people say that piracy is killing an industry, especially one that was so dependent on it to get started. Yeah, no, it's definitely disagree with that statement. This shit. Piracy is a vital part. I feel. Yeah. Um, I mean, that being said, like, I will buy the official releases of manga that I really like. 
Yeah, yeah, me too. Um, because some of that does go back to the creator, but like whenever it comes to like, like I'm not paying to watch Naruto. Are you? Are you? Are you insane? <laughs> yeah, fuck off. Like, yeah, no, I don't. I think the only anime I've actually really wanted to support in any way I can is Doro naturally. But anything else, I've just been. I'll watch it wherever because I don't give a shit about supporting the fucking like Crunchyroll or whoever. Yeah, fuck Crunchyroll. I'm just gonna say that unequivocally. Yeah, fuck them. Um, I also have uh, a tweet from Nya about what happened. Oh, yeah? So I'm going to read that for you. To briefly address this, we have no plans to shut down or quit at any or at this time. If we do choose to shut down, eventually we will make a public database dump for any successor entity to use. We will not be just disappearing like our predecessor site, leaving everyone else on their own. Hell yeah. I'm glad they're being cool about it. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're keeping it real. And the thing is, is the anime space has, like, suffered the loss of Horrible Subs, which was, like, the website that provided Crunchyroll uh, rips. Okay. So it, it's good to see the resilience of the other remaining large anime website. Yeah. Um, so the next one is actually from the FT, which... Um, Neither of us have a subscription to I use a paywall uh, circumventor. So I'm just going to give you the gist of this one. Yeah, okay. So um, Ant is a financial services company that's based in China. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Ma, who was like the guy behind, I think, Alibaba, um, was the one operating this. And they were about to have like the world's biggest IPO ever, I think. Anyway, it was a huge IPO. Um. Like, they were uh, offering it on two different stock exchanges. Mm-hmm. And uh, people were also able to get it through Ant's app. So the the bulk of what Ant does is they... So they do, like, some financial services. So they're kind of like a bank. Um, but they act like a tent company to get around, like, certain regulations. <laughs> um so, for example, they would use partner banks to distribute money for loans, and they would only pony up about, like, 2% of the actual money for the loan itself, hmm. but still make profit off of it. So, pretty much, they just were a middleman to get bank loans. Okay. That's um, interesting. And they had, initially, what seemed to be the blessing of Chinese regulators to go ahead with their public offering. And then suddenly they got shut down. And this was supposed to be like a huge blockbuster IPO. That was a sure thing. So this is like a huge setback in the tech space for this. Hmm. hmm. So the Chinese government's the one that shut this down then, yeah? Yeah. That's not entirely surprising to me personally, but it's odd still. So what I um so they're the the speculation is is that they're going to try to regulate this more like a bank, have the regulations be more in line with banking regulations, mm-hmm. where they would have to do significantly less leveraging. So they would actually have to pony up more of the money of the loan. Right. Um which the whole point of this is to circumvent bank regulations. So I wonder if the model is still gonna work as well. Yeah, that's hmm. Yeah, um, and this actually mirrors a lot of behavior that we've seen in the Western world as well when it comes to circumventing bank regulations. Hmm. I'm not really familiar um, with 
So let me give you a, a fun example. So do you know what um, supply chain finance or reverse factoring, they're the same thing. Do you know what those are? Uh, no. I've heard the terms, okay. but I'm not really sure what, what they mean. Okay, so it's going to, it's really convoluted and you're going to think it's just extremely odd. Why does this exist? Okay. So let me, let me give you the tea here. Um, you are a company that sells cell phones, for example. All right. You have to, in a typical arrangement with your supplier, you usually have to pay your invoice within a certain amount of days. Let's say for the sake of this example, it's like three months, so 90 days. Mm-hmm. Um, so you make an order with your supplier, you have that invoicing date, and you pay one. You let's for the sake of uh, argument here say it's like one hundred dollars for this order. All right. So supply and chain finance changes this to where um, you still make the order, but um, instead of waiting three months for the money, you have a um, financer that sits in the middle and says, "Hey, we will pay you." for this $100 order today. (laughs) Okay. And that's not the end of it. Right. So, um, the, the people who are paying that $98 today, they don't have the money right away. Right. 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 Or they do, but like, um, they're not going to get paid until much later on down the line. They, um, prolong how long the, um, the company has to pay for the things they've been supplied so they can drag it on to like several months instead of three right okay yeah so what they do is they issue bonds for these orders that people can invest in (laughs) and get a little bit off the top huh and not only can anyone get in on these bonds the company that's actually paying their supplier this way Mm-hmm. They can buy the bonds themselves. <laughs> that's what supply chain finance is. is. And the thing is, is it's not a bank doing this. It's a quote unquote tech company. Right. Okay. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, is like the example of um, buying your own bonds in this situation that actually happened. <laughs> the company Vodafone in the UK did this with a reverse factoring company called Greensill, which is kind of like the OG reverse factoring company. Mm-hmm. And basically, Greensill doesn't operate as a bank. They're technically just like a tech company that does like invoicing. Mm-hmm. So they can get around a lot of regulations. Weird. And then on top of all this, um, technically this is like kind of debt that you're getting into whenever you use this to um, buy your supplies. Right. But you can, since since it's not technically a debt, you can actually put it as operating expenses. <laughs> um, so what's funny is that, like, in the case of the UK, and I think this might be the case in the US as well, but I know it's for certain the case in the EU, uh, regulators say you should not um, put this as uh, operating expenses, but they it's it's not illegal to do so. So basically you have a scam in which um, you actually owe a ton of debt that's going to come due later 
um, but it just looks like operating expenses. So you can make a company look a lot more healthy than it actually is. That's mm, very strange. So Ant is the uh, Chinese version of using a tech company to get around um, financial regulations, like in this case of reverse factoring. But it's, it's two different kind of models. Okay. Whereas like Ant just uh, provides like loans to people. Right. Without actually pawning up much, much of the money. So it's like a, a bank that just uses other banks. Hmm. Um, so basically, tech companies are a scam all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I am sorry for like um, digressing so long into that. No, no, you're good. It was interesting. Um, I'm actually going to put a link in the show notes to a um, podcast by the people uh, Trash Future, where they go into detail about this. Sounds good. Um, so enough about that. You want to you wanna go to the next thing, which is actually something funny? Yeah, so apparently, um, I think this is all in Japan. There is, yes. uh, Panasonic is building a vacuum to rescue AirPods from train tracks, which is funny. So, so what's the deal? So um, I guess apparently a lot of people drop their shit in train tracks, and I didn't know that. But um, normally they have like some kind of grabber thing they use to pick up bigger items, but with with AirPods being so prevalent and small, they uh, they had to build a specialized vacuum to pick them up. And uses like these weird little tubes on the end that are like the size of your finger to suck up things, suck up the AirPods instead of like gravel or whatever. So Max, do you use wireless earbuds at all? Uh, not earbuds, but sort of, yeah. Okay, so what's your setup? Um, I have a pair of $60... Uh, Bluetooth headphones I found for, for the first thing I saw on Amazon I bought. Um, so are they like over the ear? Yeah, over the ear. They're also very Okay, close. so you're, you're not going to lose those on the train tracks, right? No, definitely not. I, for one, I don't understand the appeal of AirPods. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I get having like wireless earbuds it'd be nice because sometimes over the ear ones are just bulky and kind of uncomfortable but i feel like i would lose them and the thing is it, it it seems like people lose these a lot enough that it's worth making a special vacuum to pick them up off the train tracks yeah yeah <laughs> they uh just stop buying these people <laughs> or buy like fucking wireless ones that aren't really wireless but have like a Okay. the cord yeah, the cord that connects it to yeah see that makes sense like i just i don't understand the appeal of these wireless earbuds that like don't even look that comfortable and then you lose them all the fucking time yeah no, and they're expensive yeah. like uh in the article it says they there's 950 incidents of dropped earbuds in 78 train stations between july and september it's like good good god that's a lot i mean enough apparently to warrant building a fucking vacuum just don't do this. <laughs> don't do this challenge. <laughs> so weird. Um, okay, uh, so the next one, I think I'm going to tackle this. Yeah, uh, again, I, I say this all the time. You're a little younger than me. Have you ever heard of a uh, magazine called Consumer Reports? Heard the name, yeah. Okay. So Consumer Reports, back in the day before like web reviews were getting good and... Well, now they're shit again because, like, people just pay for fake reviews. But um, Consumer Reports was, like, a magazine that my grandparents would buy. And it'd be, it would give you ratings 
on new stuff from everything from cars to like toaster ovens to phones right so like any consumer goods you could buy like fitness equipment for example you would look in consumer reports and you would see their rating on what was best okay um so this is from this article here is from consumer reports so they're like um they're kind of like an independent watchdog group i would say Hmm. um that like keeps track of like um what companies are doing and like they also deal a lot with like uh personal finance sort of stuff so this one is debt collectors will be able to contact you on facebook instagram and twitter terrible so yeah so the consumer finance protection bureau is going to let creditors uh or collectors my bad contact people um by email, text messages, and even on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which is just completely odd to me. Yeah, it's weird. It's, um, I just want to point out the irony in the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and then they're doing, they're allowing shit like this. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I, I imagine that you've never had to worry about, like, collectors calling your phone. No. Um, but I have had like family members where this was the case and they're annoying enough on the phone. I cannot imagine logging into like Twitter and someone's DMing me like pay your bills. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that. That would drive me insane. Um, so Jeff, do you see any, or not Jeff, fuck, my brain, <laughs> Jeff is your friend. Oh my God. I'm going to just go shoot myself. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we were actually joking the other day that like no one's ever seen you two like in a different room or in the same room yeah um casey likes to say that jeff and i are the same brain in one jar <laughs> i support um it. so max uh can you see any potential issues with a law like this uh, i can see a lot i mean so lay it on me well I mean, initially, you have the fucking people calling on the phone. That's already annoying enough. But mm-hmm. if they're somehow able to find your fucking um, Facebook or something, mm-hmm. my immediate reaction is that's really scary because uh, what if they're, what if you get some like creepy ass dude in your DMs talking to you about your bills and like, oh, you know, like uh, some creep. And also, um, like, there's no way on Facebook to validate who this person is. What if you? That's what I was expecting. That's what I was waiting for you to yeah. say. That, that's that's a big concern. Like, because you're gonna get. What if your name's um, like Max? I guess there's gonna be like a million fucking Maxes on Facebook. How do you know it's me? Right. And like, this seems like so. For example, let's say someone doesn't have a Facebook account and then like someone makes a fake Facebook account for them. You could learn that they have unresolved debts this way, perhaps. Mm, yeah, that's... There's a lot of like weird edge cases like that that make this even mm. scarier. Um, it, it seems like a bad idea. And then on top of this... Um, so, so there is some good news. Uh you can opt out of electronic communications from debt collectors, but it's not sure how they'll work. And also, like, historically, debt collectors don't like actually following the rules. Naturally, yeah. And the thing is, they'll be able to send unlimited messages. Like, there's no limit to what they can do. That's 
That's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's one thing to let them fucking message you anywhere, but that shit is... Well, I imagine a lot of people are going to receive increased harassment um, from debt collectors than they already do. And, like, it's already bad enough. Yeah, seriously. Um, For anyone who does have debts that collectors are coming after you for, there are some things in this article that you should know. Um, For example, uh, I'm going to scroll down here. Okay. So if someone calls or otherwise contacts you um, about a debt, do verify it first. You have the right to ask for a detailed account of where the debt came from, what the amount is, that sort of thing, so that you can verify that it's actually legitimate. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's an important thing if a debt collector ever calls you. Um, Don't immediately uh, offer to pay these things. So then this is still from the Consumer Reports article. Um, state laws have a statute of limitations, so um, some debts, they just kind of like, you don't have to pay them after a while. Um, so it cites Florida as an example, where usually after four years, you no longer have to pay an old debt. So be sure that you are actually obligated, because like, you know, if you don't have to, why would you? Yeah, fuck that. Anyone who's collecting a debt from you, they have enough money already. <laughs> Seriously. Um, and if you offer to pay old debts beyond the statute of limitations, it can actually like undo that limitation. Yeah. And you could be on the hook for it again. No, thanks. Um, it says keep your personal information private. So if you have collectors, don't give up any sensitive info like your birthday, social security number, uh, credit card numbers, that sort of thing. Um, I think that's just a generally good rule of thumb with anyone who contacts you on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it says get a copy of your credit report. Um, Max, did you know that you can get free credit reports? I did. Excellent. Um, for those of you who don't know, you can go to annualcreditreport.com and get a free credit report. Um, I also use a website just called Credit Karma, and it gives me updates on my credit reports. Um, I think they do a little dab at harvesting or something, but it's actually easier to use than the legitimate credit report website. <laughs> or actually, they make their money by like recommending credit cards or whatever, which I don't care. Um, and you can also negotiate with collectors. Right, yeah. Um, you can, you, you might have seen ads on like retro TV stations for people who do negotiations with good, uh, uh, with uh, collectors, but you can also do this on your own mm. because their end game is they want to get some money out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it for that one. Um, uh, Collecting old debts is bad to me, and if you do this, uh, quit doing it. I concur, yeah. Um, well, there, uh, Max, have you ever heard of the concept of, like, a debt jubilee? <laughs> no, but I love the name. Okay, so a debt jubilee is, like, the, um, the, the concept here is that, like, old debts are just forgiven. Okay. And this would happen like every so often because, you know, having debts go on for years and years is unproductive and it keeps people bogged down. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's been um, several campaigns where people try to get this to happen. Like there was a Jubilee 2000, I think, is the most prominent one that comes to mind where they were trying to get a bunch of like old debts just to be forgiven. Um, they were unfortunately not successful. Um 
the phrase like wiping the slate clean actually refers to like an old practice of forgiving debts. Oh, huh. Because you would literally wipe that slate that recorded them clean. Huh. Interesting. Um, I think in the future, this would be an uh, interesting thing to look to- towards to make um, a more equitable society. Because if you forgive debts across the board, you can free a lot of people up to do things that they need to do to live a productive life. Yeah. But a happy life more than anything. That's what matters. But not, not to the people in charge. Um, perhaps you might have heard that um, Chuck Schumer was encouraging the Biden administration to uh, do an executive order to forgive uh, student loan yeah, debt. I did hear something about that. So um, it looks like what Schumer was proposing was a forgiveness of $50,000 worth of student debt for each person with some string attached, uh, like it had to be a public university or if it was private, it had to be like a historically black uh, university. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, 50000 is nothing to sneeze at. Um, a lot of people graduate with a lot more debt than that, but um, forgiving student debt is extremely easy and should be done. Absolutely. It's bullshit. Uh, Max, do you know who holds the most student debt in this country? I don't know. It's literally the government. <laughs> of course it is. Like, it could just be forgiven, and it wouldn't cost any, like, taxpayer money at all. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that, that's how awful and vindictive our country and government is. No, yeah, that, that's not surprising. One bit. Um, so I hope Mr. Biden uh, actually does something like that. I'm not holding my Me breath. Either, honestly. We'll see, I guess. Um, if something good can happen, I cheer that on. Yeah. Um, do do healthcare next. I, I'm actually gonna do like the clapping emoji. Do healthcare next. <laughs> Come on, Biden. Talk all this shit. Just get to it, dude. Yeah. Um, again, not holding my breath. Uh, let's see. Um, so we were just talking about phone security. Yeah, this is interesting, and also. Uh, you want to lead us? Yeah, so this comes from Engadget. Uh, apparently, a bunch of older Android phones won't be able to support many websites by uh, September of 2021. So what that means is uh, in the modern ages, now that we are, we're in a new era of technology on, and like internet shit where we use uh, HTTPS, and for some reason, I can't really remember, uh, a lot of websites aren't going to work on older Android devices because of the certificates that, uh, that sign like your connection with HTTPS. Yeah, so there's a thing where the, um, Let's Encrypt is going to stop cross-signing by default um, for the old root certificates on older Android versions. Mm. Um, there is a slight workaround for this, so if you are using Firefox on Android, which I encourage... Yeah, um, you will not have this problem. Yeah. At least inside of Firefox. Um, if you're using like the built-in browser on like an app, uh, you'll still have this problem, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I figure like Chrome or something too. Yeah. Um, the, the way that Firefox works is it uses its own uh, internal certificate authentication stuff. Oh, interesting. 
Um, whereas like Chrome, I imagine probably just uses the phones because you know it's all Google. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, this isn't small beans either. This is um, thirty-three point eight percent of Android users on Google Play run a version older than the version that's going to be um, out in the cold. Yeah, I was worried. Like I immediately went to check, went to see that if my phone wasn't included in this. <laughs> I mean, I think yours is just above the cutoff, right? Because it's 7.1 is, like, the last one that's going to be spared. Yeah, I think my phone's, like, on version 8 of Android. So, uh... 8 seems a little late for a, a, a 7. Yeah, let me check. Let me... Okay. Yeah, it, it's... Concerning. How will I watch porn now if I can't use certificates? I mean, you, you can watch porn in Firefox. That's the solution. True, yeah. Um, but then again, there's stuff um, outside of uh, your web browser that you're probably going to want to use. Like, I imagine there's apps that use these certificates to verify your connection. Yeah, I mean, anything that makes a secure connection over the internet. Um, that being said, this is just for Let's Encrypt. So, like... Um, larger organizations like Twitter um, don't use it, so they're going to yeah. be fine. But, but for anything smaller that uses Let's Encrypt, that's cause mm -hmm. for concern. Like, for example, my website where I do the video synchronization, it uses Let's Encrypt for its certificate. Oh, yeah. sweet. Um, I thought you used someone else for your... Or was that just your root domain? That was just my root domain because of how let's encrypt and my wordpress service work uh where it ended up being easier to just buy through my domain registrar but like otherwise i use let's yeah, encrypt that makes sense um the next thing i have on my list is new ios emoji <laughs> yeah i saw this and oops i just closed it it's exciting so there are new ios emojis there's going to be new emojis for everyone but usually iOS is the one that gets the updates first. Really? Um, uh, when it comes to mobiles, at least. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Is, um, like, Microsoft's really good about keeping emoji up to date on their desktop mm -hmm. systems. Um, and Xbox as well. Um, so you can definitely see those new emoji on your Microsoft systems, but when it comes to phones, um, especially older ones like Macs, you haven't gotten emoji updates in yeah, forever. I'm sad. Um, interestingly, Signal uh, has their own baked-in emoji, so you get emoji updates within mm -hmm. Signal. Discord does, too. Um, oh, I didn't know that. About, oh, yeah, Discord does do that. So um, to certain apps, you're still going to get these new emojis. So the one that I love the most is Mixclaws. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about that. It's cool to see, like, non-binary representation in this stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I wish my material conditions were better. But I uh, I absolutely love being able to have gender neutral Santa Claus, so right wingers get mad. <laughs> Hell yeah! And having non binary emoji options are really cool because it's supposed to be representative of the people who are using the the fucking phones, yeah. right? Um, so I'm living for that. I love mixed claws. Mixed claws looks really nice. Yeah, I I, I think um. This is an emoji 13. The other thing that came out with this was, uh, I think, the trans flag, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the trans flag and the trans like glyph are included Which as well. I also love. I'm happy that we have that. Like, like I was saying, Discord has their own. They use their own baked in version of um, Twitter's emoji set, so we get that there. It's it's cool to see. There's some um, other updates that I liked in the new emoji. Uh, like, there's a tamal emoji. A what? Tamal. Mm. Oh, you know what? In English, people call them tamale, even if it's oh, singular. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Uh, not to flex about knowing no, Spanish. <laughs> you think I know Spanish considering where I live. But uh, yeah, tamale. I know that word. Yeah. Um, so they have emojis for tamales now, which I love. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're cute. Um, shall we go on to the next awful thing? There's, there's a lot of bad news this week, unfortunately. There's one thing I want to ask you first about emoji. What, um, what oh is yeah, your go ahead. Set of emoji. Um, you know, iOS is Apple has really good emoji sets. I'm going to be perfectly That's honest. Yeah. There, there's this. All right, I think. Um, I think for me personally, I really like Twitter's. For me, it's a tie between Apple and Microsoft's emoji oh, sets. Really, like the art style, the the flat style of Microsoft's emoji set is really appealing to me. That's fair. Yeah, I haven't. Like, where is? Uh, Microsoft's. Come on. You can go to Emojipedia and yeah, it'll show you. right now looking for Microsoft's. Like they have a really distinct flat like um, thick line style that I think is absolutely yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. These are good. Um, I think they were also Microsoft was one of the first to fiddle with like uh, emoji where you could change the skin tone but I might be mistaken. Yeah, I'm not like super familiar with how that works, but the concept is cool. Like, it's like two yeah. characters uh, combined or something. Um, sometimes it's like that. Um, the way that they meld those characters together to make a new one in Unicode is actually, I think, based on how they handle um, the uh, the Arabic um, oh. script. Huh. Because um, Arabic script looks different when um, certain parts are joined together. Oh, right. Like it changes the actual yeah, shape. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense then. So I think they based it on that. And then like Microsoft's like, hey, I could use this. At least I, I'm pretty sure it was Microsoft that did that first. Yeah, I'm not really sure who it was. Um, so should, should we go to this next bad, yeah, awful thing? Um, so this is from EFF, which is Electronic Frontier Foundation, or was it Freedom Foundation? Uh, Frontier, yeah. So EFF is a nonprofit that's always focused on like uh, digital privacy rights, um, that mm -hmm. sort of thing. Good stuff. Um, this thing that they have right here is police will pilot a program to live stream Amazon Ring cameras. Uh, so um, this is concerning for me because my grandfather has a ring. Um, one of my neighbors has it's one. Probably concerning for you. I'm sure you don't want to be spied on by the cops. If it's like if it's yeah. pointed at you guys. Uh, this is a very anti-cop podcast. Oh, yeah. I think. Fuck cops, dude. We hate cops. Um, cops are canceled, <laughs> like the TV series Cops. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but in all seriousness, um, the 
police having more surveillance tools at their disposal is always bad. Yeah. No, there's no way the cops are going to use them in any sense of ethically. It's going to be, yeah, it's just not a good idea. So let's get a little more into detail with this. Um, So the police surveillance center in Jackson, Mississippi, which why is like such a small city have a police surveillance center? Excuse me. Not really surprising. Um, they're going to, yeah, they're going to be conducting a 45-day pilot program to live stream Amazon Ring security cameras um, of p- residents that participate in this. So Ring already has um, collaborations with the police departments all over the United States. They it's previously been reported that um, they've had partnerships with police departments to get people to install these cameras as like a promotional mm-hmm. thing. Um, they can already, the police can already uh, send requests to ring owners who um, get footage from their cameras. Um, and I think if you don't agree with them, they can actually just subpoena it anyway. Naturally. They don't. Um, yeah. I remember, I don't know if it was in this article or somewhere else, but I remember them, someone saying that they don't need warrants for this shit either. I don't know how true that is, but like, that's concerning. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, yeah, they, uh, Ring already facilitates partnerships with local police departments, which facilitate bulk footage requests directly from users without oversight or having to acquire a warrant, uh, which is concerning. Um, and you, you never know what they're going to get from these cameras. Like, for example, if they run facial recognition software, which I think Amazon also provides to like um, the government already in certain capacities, they could use this to track which dissidents are visiting whom. Mm -hmm. So like, say for example, you are part of an anti-fascist group and you're having a get together with your friends um, to plan a direct action or something. Shit like that. Um, And assume that, for example, the place that everyone's gathering, the um, somewhere on the street, there's a ring Mm -hmm. camera if you walk by it, um, they, they know you're going to be in the area and they can run that facial recognition to figure out who you are and potentially arrest or harass you. Yep. It's less dystopia. Yeah. Um, I would say don't buy these. Don't buy ring cameras. Don't, do you really need a doorbell camera? Think about that really hard. Do you need a doorbell camera? For me personally, in our situation, we it's helped, but um, I think like in general, no. Like, and like if if you do need a doorbell camera, do you need one that's connected no. to the internet? Do you need one that's got is connected to someone else's cloud computing service where you don't have control of your data? These are the things to think about whenever you buy devices that you put in your home. I. Uh... I wish I knew Ring was like this before. Like, I didn't buy the Ring for my grandfather. Someone else did. I don't remember who. But um, I wish we considered this before. Mm-hmm. It's concerning. Yeah. And that's the thing. If you're buying things for folks that you care about, look into them yeah. first. Um, the EFF and I believe Mozilla as well also, they all have guides on popular electronics Christmas gifts to help you know if they 
do surveillance or data harvesting activities on their yeah, users. I'm definitely going to stress this to the people that buy this kind of shit from my grandfather. Um, so that's next thing. Uh, do you want to talk about sure. QAnon? Um, so QAnon is an extremely internet thing. Uh, born on the internet will die on the internet. Um, QAnon has not posted since the day before the election, I think. And um, Jim Watkins, um, the guy who runs 8Kun and is effectively the guy who decides who QAnon is, he announced his retirement suddenly um, on the election day as well. Hmm. Um, And the folks are getting antsy. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So um, I know QAnon is not Jim Watkins though, right? Like he, he's like kind of like the. We cannot prove that it is him. We only know that he effectively controls who gets recognized as Q because of how the website works. Um, but it is doubtful that he's the one personally authoring the posts. Okay. He's he's kind of like the puppet master in the shadows, then, sorta. Yeah, um, which is funnily like the thing that QAnon supposes is going on for real. <laughs> yeah. God, there is um. I think I mentioned to you, there's something that like we talked about on Twitter or something about QAnon that just blew my fucking mind recently. I don't know. I don't remember what it was, but it it was something crazy, stupid and weird that they do. Okay. Um, Do you remember anything beyond Um, that? I remember something about Mayor McCheese. (laughs) Do you say Mayor McCheese? Replying to something about Mayor McCheese. Uh, I'm looking right now. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know what this is because I'm, I'm very. Jr. is still alive. That. Okay, that's only some anons, but yeah. Some. some of them, yeah, it's actually contentious within the community. And I think Q himself has said as much as like JFK Jr. is dead. <laughs> um, but the thing, the fun thing about QAnon is that you can, you can interpret it however you like. Yeah. It's. <laughs> very interesting and uh yeah i don't know very weird movement yeah um and it's only growing the more concerning and the thing is is like the whole thing is trust the plan and the thing is the plan seems to have fallen apart donald trump has not won this election and he's not going to get it overturned with uh legislative action or uh not legislative uh judicial action he's out hopefully seemingly so what do you do when you have a group of people who have been indoctrinated to believe that everything's going to be handled? You can sit back and watch your enemies hang, and then that falls apart. What do you do when you no longer can trust the plan? What do you think is going to happen? Um, I mean, for me personally, I think whoever Q is, I think all of it's just going to fucking disappear. And I mean, it's already sort of happening with Jim Watkins retiring. Not saying he's Q, but like I feel like all these QAnon people are going to start scrambling and not, they're not going to know what to do. And that's my concern is that it could lead to violent action by believers who believe that um, the deep state for um, has succeeded and they need to take things in their own hands now. That's my concern. Valid concern. I mean, we've already seen like right wing extremist groups fucking militarized and militarizing themselves and training for what I don't know but like 
yeah, it's scary. Well, I mean, the thing is, is we've already had like one QAnon adjacent uh, event during the election. Yeah, so um, as we all know, last week the election took several days to Mm -hmm. pan out. Well, um, a couple of people who had QAnon stickers on their Hummer drove from, I think, Virginia all the way up to Philadelphia with firearms uh, to disrupt vote counting. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing about that. That's, um... So thankfully, they were intercepted before they were able to hurt anyone. But that just goes to show that if you lose faith that the, the plan is going to be executed just fine, you might do something drastic like yeah, this. Yeah, they're going to fucking take it into their own hands. That's fucking scary. So uh, keep your eyes peeled online. Also, um, there's a new podcast by Jake Hanrahan and Sarah Hightower. Um, it's just Jake, um, but Sarah does the uh, fact-checking and everything. Uh, called Q Clearance. Um, I would strongly recommend uh, our listeners check that one out if they are interested in QAnon culture and like the people behind it. Mm, yeah. Uh, full disclosure, Sarah Hightower is like, I guess you could say a personal friend of mine. Um, she's also just like a, a pro click to follow on Twitter. Um, she's an expert in Omshin Rikyo, a Japanese death cult. <laughs> Okay, that's interesting. What's their uh, what's their at? Um, so it's Nezumi, which is N E Z U M I underscore Ningen N I N G E N. Uh, I think I spelled that wrong somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll link her in the show notes as well. Um, she is a terrorism and extremism like researcher and expert um very pro follow if you are concerned about extremism in our country oh yeah yeah yeah. okay i've seen you retweet yeah um i i I stand sarah she is an excellent uh researcher um that is that is the lucy endorsement um, so, uh, we talk about, um, tech a whole lot. I want to talk about a video game that came out yeah, recently. Okay. So, um, are you familiar with I the series Watch Dogs? Okay. So the, the new one came out and I, I have been it, playing yeah. it. Um, so Watch Dogs Legion is a cyberpunk video game in which, uh, you t- it takes place in post Brexit London um, and a private security firm has taken over policing. Hmm, okay. And it is up to your hacker group to get rid of them. Right. Somewhere to the... Um, are you familiar with the core gameplay yeah, gimmick of this game? with your phone shit. No. It... No, no, no. The, the new one oh, for this oh, one specifically. No, so in Watch Dogs Legion, you can recruit almost any... NPC in the game. Okay. Um, there are only a handful of scripted characters, and aside from a few of them, you can recruit anybody you run into on the streets. So, for example, uh, even though you're fighting against the police, you can <laughs> recruit them. So you can, like, for example, you can find a cop, um, recruit them, 
and uh, you can use their uniform to get into cop Ooh, spaces that's... undetected. Okay, that's cool, actually. And every NPC, except for like a couple of the scripted ones, of course, um, they're all procedurally oh. generated. Oh, wait. Holy shit. That's, that's really cool, actually. And then on top of that, it's fully voiced. Okay, how does that... So, but they have... Okay. Fuck. That's... So, so you have a, a bunch of different voices um, where they use a mix of just a bunch of recordings and also, like, oh, AI yeah. tweaks to... Um, make characters that are procedurally generated but still sound like they were scripted. That's... See, this is the shit we should be using AI for instead of racism on Twitter. Yeah, um, I think they also use the AI for lip syncing as well. Um, they're certainly not the first game to do that, that's but really, I think it's really good. Honestly, really cool. Um, I've always been a big fan of the Watch Dogs series, even since the first one, even though that one wasn't really good, yeah, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Um, and I feel like some of the um, some of the story's not completely there. Um, part of that's you know being it being procedurally generated. You don't really get attached to the characters as much mm -hmm. as you would if they were scripted. Um, and also on top of that, there's like uh, criticism of the police state and everything, and like kind of vaguely criticism of racism, but it's like really really drowned out compared to mm. the previous game, which kind of took it more head on. Um, there's not really like a critique of capital or anything. It's literally just like the cops are bad, yeah. which you know the cops are bad. Right there. Police states are bad. Um, big tech is bad, but they don't really get into the why of it yeah. so much, or like the hey, capitalism is the reason why all these things happen. Mm. But you know, it, it's a it's a video game by a major publisher. I don't think that they're going to have that sort of message. No, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but the video game is good. You actually have um, transgender procedurally, gen procedurally oh, yeah, generated characters. Awesome. Are they uh, like... Um, it's not like really shitty ones though, right? No, no. Um, so it'll be just like in like the profile of the person you might see um, had their gender oh, changed on their cool. license or something. That's cool. It's I really like subtle. Um... Unfortunately, they, they uh, in one of the in-game podcasts, they had, like, a turf journalist be the voice, and they patched her out. Oh, that's strange. I mean, I'm glad they got rid of her. But the thing is, it takes place in the UK, so every journalist over there <laughs> is effectively a turf, except for, like, a yeah. handful of them. Huh. Um, the, the only thing I can really ding it for is... Um, the computer will use they to refer to characters because it, even though it knows the gender of the characters, it doesn't like use it a lot of the times in certain circumstances. So it'll refer to a single person as they, but there aren't any actual non-binary characters that I've run into yet. That's a shame. Um, that, is, that is a shame, but also I understand how whenever you're doing a procedurally generated thing, adding a third thing in there could make it much yeah. more difficult to handle. And also, I think a lot of people are, you, you don't want to, there's the question of how, how do you make a non-binary person look in a video game? That's a good point. I mean, being non-binary is very much up to the person themselves. 
Yeah. And I mean, just as much as like, you can look any which way as a man or woman, but like, you don't want to set a tone of what a non-binary person looks like whenever it's so broad. Um, so at the very least, I'm glad that they didn't try to do it and fuck it up really badly. There's some, I mean, having like the trans thing on the licenses, that's cool. But, uh, yeah. Um, though I'm also, uh, curious to see how another cyberpunk game that's coming out this year, uh, (laughs) appropriately titled Cyberpunk 2077, is going to handle that. So, yeah, um, I've heard a lot of, like, bad things about CD Projekt Red and Cyberpunk. Like... I mean, the thing is, it's a Polish company. Um, and Poland is very, uh, based in Tradcath, as it were. Mm, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, there's there's both good and bad in there. Like a lot of the promotional materials have been kind yeah, of like that's, transphobic. That's mostly what I've what I've seen. But um, I'm curious to see how the actual game plays out, though, because um, sometimes marketing departments are completely divorced of like the story yeah. and development teams. Hopefully, it's better. And from what I understand, like, is there you you have pretty much like sliders to determine how masculine or feminine that's your character is. So, um, interested to see how that plays out. Um, people already have a lot of critiques of the game, but it's not even out yet, so I'm kind of, like, withholding all judgment, but so far, their advertising has not been very encouraging. I mean, we'll see, I guess, hopefully by sometime the end of this year. But at this rate, it might be the end of next. Yeah. Um... It, it's definitely encouraging to a degree to see more overt political messaging in video games, especially like with Watch Dogs, that's always been at the forefront, even if it's not been like really critiquing of like yeah. capital and that sort of thing. But they've um, like in previous games, they've been like, you know, hey, there's a racism problem in tech. That fucking sucks. Um, that sort of thing. And um, it, it's good to see it come, that come to the forefront. Um Though, if anyone's really out there itching for a um, cyberpunk game that isn't, like, really corporate and also has some interesting representation, might I suggest uh, Quadrilateral Cowboy, which is on Steam. Hmm. Have you heard of uh, Quadrilateral Cowboy? I've heard the name, like, once, but I don't know what specifically it's about. Oh, here it is. So it's an indie game about um, hacking, and you actually, um, it teaches you a little bit of programming... Um, not like a whole ton, like anyone can play this game. Um, but you use uh, programming to pull off heists. And the uh, player character uh, is a Muslim awesome. woman. Hell yeah. Or uh, appears to be. Um, there's not like a whole lot of dialogue right. or anything. But you, you see a, a hijabi woman. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. They use... <laughs> is it the fucking Windows command prompt? Yeah, so it um, it's basically based on the Windows command prompt, and uh, you use scripting to um, tie actions together um, on your little computer, so that way you can get past like alarms and stuff. Awesome, that's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's it's a very good game. I recommend that one if you're looking for um, a cyberpunk game that has some good oh, representation yeah. in it, and that mm-hmm. also is just a good game. 
Because I feel like there's a bunch of uh, indie games where the representation is there, but the game just isn't that good. Um, so strong recommendation for that. Um, we're almost at the end here. Uh, give us yeah, your favorite thing from this week. Ducks. So um, I'm sure you've heard of Phasmophobia. Um, I have, and I don't know anything about so it. So tell me about it. It's a ghost hunting game. It's really fun, though. Like, I think when you when okay thinks of ghost hunting, they think of or I guess not ghost hunting, but like um horror games, collaborative horror games. They think of like Dead by Daylight or something. Yeah, I do it's, think of Dead by Daylight. It's kind of like that in some ways, but the thing is, is you're a you're a group you're a group of four going into like a there's houses, there's asylums, there's fucking high schools, and you're hunting a ghost. You're doing like a you're gonna try and draw the ghost out to gather evidence and get money so um there are uh yeah so there's like really the really cool thing about it is there's different kinds of ghosts like there's um mm-hmm. some like there's like onis there's um ures, uh poltergeist spirits which is just like a general kind of ghost and then um demons banshees all that all that different stuff there's a bunch of different types of ghosts and they all have different specific attributes to them and different weaknesses and um, what's the word abilities, I guess. So yeah, you okay. start out in a truck. You come in, you go into whatever building. You uh, there's different strategies, but you want to get the ghost. You want to um, you want to figure out what type it is. So there's ways to figure out what kind of ghost it is, and you that's generally it. There are like optional objectives you can do. Like um, sometimes it wants you to witness a ghost event which is like the lights flickering or the door shutting or something. And then, so yeah, and mm-hmm. you just fill out your book and then you go back to uh, where, wherever you came from, some station. And that, that's the gist of the game. And like okay. with, each, uh, with each job you do, you get more money and you level up and you can buy better gear for different jobs. And yeah, it's a fun game. It's really cool. It's some... Um, Okay. It's not something you see a lot, I feel like, with horror. Like, with horror, you get, like, either, like, you get, like, fucking amnesia or shit like that. You don't get these collaborative horror games. So that's that's definitely a fun one. I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Um, Our friend Ari has mentioned it a couple times as well, I think. Jeff's into it, too. I've been playing with Jeff. All, all these non-binary people are playing this horror game, and I'm not because I'm a wuss and I hate horror That's games. Not, though. I mean, like, it's it's scary. It's not something I'd play alone. Like, I can't do yeah. it alone. I can only do it when I have Jif, like, screaming whatever at me from across the game. Oh, and the other <laughs> thing is it's, um, the really cool thing about it, like, if it didn't have this, it would suck. It, it has proximity voice chat in it. Oh, that that's always yeah, a recipe for getting scared in a video game. So like, peop, there's um, you have local voice chat, and then you have like a radio, so you can hear from across the map. So um, mm-hmm. when I play with Jif and others, uh, we'll be like in an auditorium at, at this high school, and we'll hear Jif come up and scream something. It's just good stuff like that. So favorite thing this week, video games. Yeah. Um, video games, check them out. Um, on one last note um, for video games before um, I forget, 
Xbox Game Pass uh, now has EA Play, so like it's oh, an even yeah. better deal than ever. And Tetris Effect just got on Game Pass as well. Tetris Effect is a Tetris game where it has like, I think like music and visual integrations. Um, basically, it's a do some drugs oh, and play Tetris game. Um, you could also do it sober. Um, I'm not going to tell anyone how to live their life. Yeah, I think someone in Scroking has been playing it. I've seen them with their status. Yeah, um, I was actually going to get it for the PlayStation, um, and they did not have it at GameStop. Yeah, I was... Well, they didn't have it in any GameStop in the area, is the thing. Yeah. Um, But also, when I was there, I didn't know that it was no longer PS4 exclusive, so... Right. Yeah. Uh, Well, it's on Game Pass on Xbox, but you can also just get it for Xbox, I think. Um, Also, Game Pass is now uh, offering games that you can play on Android, which is interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, that's a new one. I wish I knew about this. I canceled my Game Pass the other day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you you can always renew. That's the the lovely thing about subscription services is that you can just kind of drop them and pick them back up whenever you need them, even if they are rent-seeking. Uh, there was one thing at the top of the, uh, our, uh, our doc about um, Twitch's ad block stuff. Oh, okay. You know, I forgot to mention this because I just kind of like glazed over it yeah, because I didn't have a link next to it. I'm going to touch on that real quick before we call it. Yeah, because uh, we are at like mm-hmm. almost an hour and a half now, um, which is fine. Um, some people like long yeah, podcasts. I know I do sometimes. Um. <laughs> So Twitch, like a couple weeks ago, had this weird thing where they were fighting with people who were using ad blockers and um, inserting mm-hmm. ads like into the stream. And they were also increasing the yeah. frequency of ads. So you'd be watching Twitch and instead of just getting like an ad before your stream would play, you would get ads in the middle of the stream if it was live even. It's been very hostile and just gross. And Twitch being Twitch has been very uh, out of touch and not supportive with it though it seems like they've kind of called it off and ad block works again like you would expect um we actually found a weird workaround with it where if you viewed an embed of twitch which we used my website to do this um if you viewed an embed of twitch with ad block and um depending on your setup either using a vpn or using the extension ghostery worked you would not see ads and no one was really sure why this worked either yeah, I'm not sure. It, that's like from my understanding, it's because before they were like embedding the ads into the stream, like we said, and now I think they're doing something with um, query parameters or cookies or something, something with the browser. It's not clear. It's yeah. so opaque. And the thing is, is like you can test this on a bunch of different computers, and they will tweak um, how many ads you get or whether you get them at all on parameters you can't really test mm-hmm. that well. It's just bizarre stuff and they're being extremely hostile to um, ad blockers like from my understanding they're they uh the other day they had um if you they could detect if you're using like uBlock, they would force your stream to 360p okay that, yeah. that was a new one to me i remember jeff was really angry about it but um <laughs> <laughs> so 
um, ad blockers, like people writing scripts for uBlock and just ad blocker people in general have been like going back and forth with Twitch about it. So it, it seems for like a few days that that struggle yeah. has been over. Hopefully. Which I mean, like even YouTube doesn't like mess with people's yeah, ad blockers. And they're like the biggest website on ad yeah. revenue. YouTube makes a lot of bad decisions, but they don't fuck with people's ad blockers. Yeah, it's... Um, it's definitely going to be interesting going forward seeing how websites react to people using ad blockers because they're more prevalent than ever. And um, like even Google, um, at some point, I don't know if they've already done it, was like going to introduce ad blockers into Chrome itself. Mm-hmm. Um, though of course it would uh, spare Google's own ads. Of course, yeah, they have. There's the whole um, what is it? Manifest V3 stuff. I think that's. I don't recall exactly. Related. Um, Manifest is like gonna change how web extensions work, and it would kind of um kill web ad blockers on Chrome. I figured that's why. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. now. They they did a weird thing where if you used. I thought it was a certain build of Chrome, but I could be mistaken. That it made it to where you couldn't hook into the thing that you needed to prevent uh, ads from yeah, loading. Stuff like that. They're they're being they're kind of closing out that part to access from web. Uh, related, the Justice Department is like pursuing antitrust action against Google, and I hope they win. Oh yeah, fuck Google. Google's awful. Honestly, yeah, it's they're so like predatory. Tech corporations need to just like be extinguished or like made public or broken up um, because they're they're monopolistic oh, at this yeah. point. Google especially. Google is huge and has like products in every fucking industry, and a lot of the time they kill them off, which sucks. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I think for next time, I think we're actually going to do another episode next week instead of taking another break. Um. Mm-hmm. Should we try to approach uh, sustainability in tech next? I think that'd be a really good sure, one. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So look forward to that in your podcast app. Um, we're in all the big ones now because Anchor handles the distribution. Oh, yeah. Um, so you can listen to us on Spotify, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever you get them. Feel free to share us. Um, like my Twitter account's like private right now because um, I genuinely almost had to get a restraining order against someone. <laughs> So I haven't been able to share my own podcast very widely. Yeah, I haven't been sharing it well. I I, I want to be better about it, though. It's okay. Like, this is a primarily for fun thing oh, with us, definitely. but if you enjoy us, please um, share us around. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can tweet at us if you want to share something on the podcast, if you have something cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Thanks for listening, y'all. Yep. Thanks, guys.